wrong sound. What is going on? I am your host, Headphone Joe, and I'm here with my co-host, as always. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Cheers from the Press Box. Brother Tassif coming to you live. Burying the energy. Burying the energy. I have lack of energy, so many flights and so many days. Um, Joe was an all-star weekend. I'm running on fumes at this point, but uh, that doesn't mean we're going to skip what we do here. So... Uh, we're going to get to the kickoff where we have some bigger topics and some of the bigger sports, some resi- residual, um, residual or residue, residual, residual, uh, residual topics in the NFL. So we're going to start off there. Then we got a couple of things to get to in the quick hits quick. And quick. then uh, we got a couple walk offs. I'm going to rant. Brennan. Oh, do you have a new walk yeah. off? Oh, yeah. I got a walk off. Oh, okay. Uh, Brennan has a walk off. That's good to see. And then we'll go to the press conference where we pedal our wares and whatnot. I want to get back to resting. So with no further ado. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. So Brennan, after our 10,000 hour live stream last week um, after the Super Bowl, uh, there was a topic that kept coming up that I didn't think was an actual thing. But it, it just kept coming up, kept coming up, kept coming up. It became uh, arguments and group chats I was in and whatnot. Uh, I got to know what's your opinion. Do you think Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer? Oh, do I? Mr. You? Used to root for the Detroit Lions. Mr. Yes. Had the Rams all season. 100% absolutely not. He is not a okay. Hall of Famer. Ooh, um, gosh, man, I was really getting nervous. Uh, <laughs> no, so there's this. There's a couple things. Um, so I understand he was the number one pick coming out of Georgia, super highly rated, has a crazy good arm, but he got drafted by the Detroit Lions. And in his 10 seasons with the Detroit Lions, made the playoffs three 12 times, seasons. 12, 12 seasons with the Detroit Lions, oh, and three in the playoffs, uh, made Should the playoffs three game, times. But Cowboys pass interference never got called. Yeah. Um, and a couple things. Uh, so you did win a Super Bowl, which I think is awesome. I think if he wins another or makes it to another, then the, the, it shifts. But my biggest issue with this is everyone said, well, he was on the Detroit Lions, so many coaches in so many years, such a bad team, yada, yada, yada. He had a first ballot Hall of Fame wide receiver. Um, and also, you have to be as a number one pick and a quarterback. The expectation is to turn around the franchise. Joe Burrow, we just saw do it with a garbage dumpster fire of a franchise for many years. Um, now it has to do, and a lot of people would say Joe Burrow did it in spite of his coach, that he's not a good coach. The coach just kind of let Joe Burrow do what he does. And he did so. And the statistical evidence is not, I don't think that's proof of anything. The game has changed entirely. Uh, quarterbacks get crazy stats. Now I think you have to elevate the bar 
in order to match the the elevation and st- stats. I, it's not the very good Hall of Fame, or it's not the very good Hall. The, the Hall, Hall of Very Good. good. There we go. That's what Wilbon says. Uh, it's the Hall of Fame. I think Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback. I've been rooting for him for many, many years. Um, I was I had the Rams all year. Uh, you can go back and check the tape for that. But I he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not. Okay. So I 100% agree with you, by the way. Um, so this is the... So if you go to Pro Football Reference... Now... Matthew Stafford's not a Hall of Famer. Hate pro football not reference. Mean, you hate pro football reference? I thought you hated pro football. No, you uh, you hate pro football I hate focus. Pro football focus. Okay, because uh, all those things are arbitrary. It feels like, but um, pro football reference has a Hall of Fame tracker. Now again, he's not a Hall of Famer today. I think he can get there. Say if he has more success with the Rams in the next couple of years, but as of today, he's not. the The people around him currently that are in uh, so they what pro football reference does they um they have like a, a, a basically a spreadsheet giving uh points for different things and whatnot and it tells you who ends up where so the average hall of fame quarterback has a score of 109 matthew stafford currently has a score of 68 jeez Currently around Matthew Stafford is Brumer Esiason, Joe Theismann, Rich Gannon, Steve McNair, Patrick Mahomes is in there, Troy Aikman's in there, but he's in there because he has three Super He is a Hall of Famer because he has three Super Bowls. Cam Newton currently sits above Matthew Stafford. Russell Wilson is above Matthew Stafford. Eli, who I don't think should get into the Hall of Fame, is above Matthew Stafford. Ken Anderson, above Matthew Stafford. Matt Ryan, Russell, uh, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, all these guys sit above Matthew Stafford. Yes, Matthew Stafford has the counting numbers. The counting numbers mean far less when there's a term in fantasy football. It's confusing that people are trying to use, oh, he's top five in uh, pass certain yards. Garbage da, 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 time. Da, da. We literally talk about fantasy football. There's garbage time. Matthew Stafford is essentially the king of garbage time. All the time when his teams were out of the game, he'd just stack up numbers. And you know why his teams were out of some of those games? Because he threw back-breaking interceptions to get his teams out of those games to begin with. He's a flawed He's a flawed quarterback. And we just saw it in the Super Bowl. Now, we, we're not going to give him both those interceptions on him. One of them's definitely on him. The other one's not. But... If he, if for not the DB in the San Francisco game just dropping, he wouldn't have even been there. He wouldn't have even been in position for this conversation to happen. I I only want to interrupt because I heard Trent Dilfer talking about this. Trent Dilfer, he said he's going against the grain, but as a quarterback and someone who like lived that position, he said the second one was actually on Matthew Stafford because that ball needs to be eye level because he's throwing it before the wide receiver gets out of his break. So the fact that that ball was thrown low. And the wide receiver obviously has to adjust on the fly. Mm. That's he mm. said it's all he said it's on Matthew Stafford because that ball needs to be eye level when they throw it when he throws it to Cooper Cup a few plays later or the next quarter it's eye level Cooper Cup makes the catch so interesting we came on here and everyone's like oh yeah it hit his hands it bet you know that's on the wide receiver Trent Dilfer was like no that's on Matthew Stafford for throwing that ball way too low so just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, um, I forgot there was a, there was a, a measurement that Mina Kimes put out there. Like Matthew Stafford has never been top five in QBR. 
He's never had all. He's been to one Pro Bowl, which is shocking to me. And my that buddy tried to make the case that, oh, Pro Bowl, everybody gets in. And I was like, well, then that's a bigger penalty on him because he only got in once. Vince Young has two Pro Bowls and he only has one somehow. Yeah, that's. Mitch Trubisky. I, that might have a lot Stafford to do with a lot of the injuries same, and stuff, too. But, but my thing was, he wasn't even one of the replacements. No, I'm saying because of his injuries. I know because of his injuries, but I'm also saying other people's injuries and other people going to the Super Bowl, you'd think he'd get a replacement slot at one of these points. He has no all pros. My my thing, what I think of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, were you top five in any year that you played? Did you have a streak where everybody was like, oh, that's one of the best quarterbacks? That's the guy, yeah. Eli, to me, had none of those. Eli was one of the worst quarterbacks routinely and then got backdoored into two playoffs with nine and seven and eight and eight record and then made it to the Super Bowl, basically. Joe Flacco, same thing. Joe Flacco had that one hot streak. I don't think he's a great quarterback at all. No. Matthew Stafford is one of these guys. He's one of those. He's not terrible, but he's a really good quarterback, but he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, and I know um, us as a society, when I say, uh, I mean like the royal us, we're very hypocritical because we'll say, well, it's a quarterback's job to lead his team to the playoffs and wins are a quarterback stat and stuff like that. But then we'll backdoor it and say, well, like Eli Manning, like they got to the Super Bowl because of the defense and like that doesn't count. So I understand my logic can be hypocritical at times, but the fact that Matthew Stafford goes to this team that's loaded on paper and then they still went out and got guys even after the fact like OBJ and Von Miller and these kind of guys. The fact that it took all of that money, like you said last week, best team money can buy all of that money and they still almost didn't make it. One, that shows you the parody in football. Two, that shows you that it's a team. It's one of the ultimate team sports. And three, yeah, if if a quarterback goes to a shitty team and can't turn it around, we put it on the quarterback. But then if he goes to a great team and happens to win, then it's on the team. It's not on him. Yeah, and I understand that's not fair, but that's the NFL. It's not fair, but the thing is, okay, so Tom Brady goes to the Bucks. We give him a lot of credit for that, and deservedly so, but some of those games weren't because of him. He didn't have spectacular games. They almost lost to Taylor Heineke in, the, in, the, in that playoff run. <laughs> um, yep. But the thing with the Matthew Stafford is, we literally saw them almost lose just about every game in this playoff. Yeah, there's a lot of one. The one Bucks score almost games. came back. That wasn't his fault. That was the defense's fault. But the Bucks almost came back because the offense also stalled in the second half. The San Francisco was up for most of that game. If not for Jimmy G, if they have any other quarterback, pretty much damn near, they win that game. And Safri again tried to throw that game away. In this game, they were about to lose until it was like, oh shit, time. Let's finally get it to our best player. So. Yeah. I'm not saying losses are a stat for him necessarily. It's more or less, like you just said, Joe Burrow took a franchise that was nothing and made it better. A lot of these guys got to the situation and made their team better. For him to not have had a playoff victory prior to this season, it's like, dog. And and the the argument against him low-key is Jared Goff because Jared Goff also is we know he's a bad quarterback on this team was able to get to a Super Bowl. Yep. Matthew Stafford is obviously better than him. And that's why they ended up winning a Super Bowl. But 
they were able to do it with far less sound because they didn't have Vaughn Miller back then. They didn't have OBJ back then. And Cooper Cup was out of that championship game, if you remember. So with less talent, this team was still able to get there just three years ago. So Stafford didn't put them over an edge that was insurmountable. He just gave them the little margin of victory. The little bump they needed. needed. Yep. And, they and some would argue that Cooper face, Cup actually was the one who did that. That is true. And you and some could argue the defense because they faced a, a, a less superior team in that Tom Brady team by getting the Cincinnati team that had an offensive line that f- gave up the most sacks in a Super Bowl, gave us the most sacks all season long. Most sacks in playoff history. So Matthew Stafford was able to, he was able to do what he he did what he had to do but that does not make him a hall of famer but there's quarterbacks far better than him that aren't going to make the hall of fame I saw an interesting stat with two Super Bowls that aren't going to make the hall of fame people try to put him in cuz he has one Yeah and that's and I think that's correct because I was listening again that Trent Dilfer thing and he, he interesting stat that he threw out he's like I have a Super Bowl Brad Johnson has a Super Bowl like you can't, and they were all early picks. Like you can't put a lot of stock in one Super Bowl if you don't have the rest of the resume to back it up. All right, let's move on. Tim Plunkett has two, and will never sniff the the the, the Hall of Fame. So, all right, next, I do a transition thing here usually. Yeah, usually, but you're on location. I got to find it moved. Apparently, I don't know where it went. All right, Brennan. I know you've been up. <laughs> I was trying to move it back to its original placement and accidentally clicked on it. Brennan, I know you've been waiting to get to this one for some time because yeah. this is somebody you don't necessarily like. So I'll let you take it away. All right. So the most overrated quarterback in all of the NFL, uh, probably the Ooh. most uh, Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals unfollowed the Cardinals on all social media. Um, apparently is displaying uh, signs of being unhappy with his situation, which is mind blowing to me. This guy wins rookie of the year over a more deserving Gardner Minshew, just statistically, because uh, he was the number one overall pick. He's going to turn this franchise around. He's the quarterback of the future. And they don't do what they don't meet expectations. And apparently what this seems to be signaling is Kyler thinks this is on the organization. This is on the franchise. Uh, my biggest thing is the reason why we always know that they're either not going to make the playoffs or if they sneak into the playoffs, they're probably going to get bounced in the first round is because of Kyler's health. I understand he chose football over baseball, but just from a physics standpoint, he's not he's being hit by people who are much larger than him, much stronger than him. And I, I love an underdog. I want to root. I would like to root for him if the whole Gardner stuff didn't happen. But at the same time, like, dude, you're hurt every year at the end of the season. Like, that's on you. That's not on. Like, you can say all you want. Joe Burrow got sacked. Joe Burrow almost has the playoff record for sacks in the playoffs. He's done one postseason and made it to a Super Bowl. Like, I don't want to hear this. My offensive line, this wide receivers that like you have the best wide receiver, arguably in the NFL. And now you want to pout. Yeah. And you. Well, yeah, that's true. But you want to like. Get all up in arms. And a lot of people are saying, well, he's using this as leverage, you know, to, to for a contract extension. This contract's not up, I believe, for two more years, even with the option. So it's going into I don't feel. Yeah. And then he's got. Yeah. So two more his fourth year and then the fifth year option. So I don't I don't know. Um, I'm 
captivated by the fact that this guy is always hurt and now looks like he's trying to blame everybody else, which I'll talk about in my walk off with this quote unquote player empowerment era. But uh, he does have leverage. He can go play baseball. And if I was the Cardinals, I'd say, all right, we'll see you later. But that's just me because best ability is availability. That's my opinion. Well, so I, I got a couple things. Uh, I don't agree with his method, but I agree with his stance. Um, one, okay. because of two two things. First of all, get this out of the way. He ain't about to go play baseball because for him to go play baseball, you don't just go straight to the majors. He, he's going to be in the minor leagues for a while. He hasn't played baseball in the last three, four years. All right, Making 30 so grand a year on a let's, bus. Let's just get that off the table now. Um so the first issue, the first reason I'm with Kyler in all three of his seasons, yes, he's gotten hurt, let's say for the second half, but his productivity hasn't diminished drastically, not drastically to some degree. Yes, but not drastically. But the team's performance overall has been far worse in the second half than in the first half. That is on your coaches, Cliff Kingsbury. Going into him getting the job, everyone scratched their head because he was a mediocre coach at Texas Tech. He had been given the OC job at USC, and then he razzled and dazzled the higher-ups in Arizona and was given a job without even having to coach it down at USC. Um, That's always been a head-scratcher, and we thought he was coming in with this high-fly air raid offense, and they've gone to more of a scramble let Kyler figure it out or they're more effective with the ground game so what value is he actually adding to the team and then they can't make any adjustments in the second half and that's why their productivity always slips and the game looks lopsided in the first half of the season versus the second half of the season the second thing Steve Kimes the GM I don't know how he's still the GM of this team because all he's done is make bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. He keeps drafting these defensive players with their first overall pick that then don't pan out. And then I saw reports that Kyler asked for some offensive line help, didn't uh, didn't provide that to him. He offered, he asked for some receivers in the first round. He got receivers in the fifth, sixth round. He asked for some running back depth, they went and got James Conner, who is pretty much <clears throat> he's okay. He's not bad whatsoever, but um, it's not the same. So, and then he put out a statement. Steve Kimes did that. Yeah, all Kyler does is ask for offensive help. He never asks me if, about anything for the defense. So, I'm not going to take what he says seriously. It's like um, that's your supposed to be franchise quarterback. Yeah, you probably one. If you're not going to take what he says seriously, don't say it out loud. Say the quiet parts out loud. Don't say yeah, the loud parts sure. out loud. Um, and second of all, yeah, he's probably asking for offensive help because he probably needs some offensive help. A.J. Green was the big acquisition this year. A.J. Green, far past his prime. And then the Bengals of a former A.J. Green's former team ended up in the Make Super, it to Bowl. The Super Bowl. I, uh... <clears throat> As someone who does this at my job from time to time, I, I want to run this by you. Does this seem to be a situation of world's always been at his feet, always been the top pick, barely ever lost, transferred at, in college? Does this seem to be a situation of 
Um, I don't want to say this as aggressive as I'm going to say it, but being a, like, <laughs> is Kyler a spoiled brat? Cause I do it at work sometimes. Like if I get there early and I don't get cut, I'll start stomping my feet and be like, it's about me. It's about how hard I work. It's about, it's not about everyone else. It's about the fact that I want to get out of here. I've worked my ass off today. I want to go home, like fuck everybody else. I don't care how busy we are. And that's just, and that, and obviously I understand and I'm self-aware that I'm being a little baby. And it seems like Kyler is doing this thing where he's stomping Whoa. his feet going, I need offensive weapons. I want an offensive line. I want this. I want that. And if you don't give it to me, I'm going home. Well, okay. So yes, but comparing it to your situation is very different because you're saying you want to get cut first. So you should go. So you can go home because you've been busting your ass. Whereas Kyler's saying, hey, I've been busting my ass. Can we make this a little easier and try to get better people so we can win some more games? Like if your argument was, dog, this dude is always smoking in the back. This dude keeps taking 10 smoke breaks. This girl can't get out of the bathroom. We need a better staff so we can maximize productivity here. Okay, but you're just trying to boogie because you're like, <laughs> I put in my time. <laughs> Whereas Kyler, no, like, yeah, but, but we, we need. The I guess best my my larger point is to the perform fact at the highest level. Because when because you think, to what you said, you think, because to what you said, he's so used to winning, he obviously doesn't like losing. Yeah. So that's why he's making a stink. If yeah. I'd be more upset if he was just like, yeah, no, it's fine. I got my check. I'm paid. Like, whatever. That'd be more frustrating. But he's that's actively true. trying to voice the opposition like, no, I want to win. I'm seeing everybody around me get to the playoffs on a regular basis who were drafted around me or before me. And they're maximizing their potential, whereas I'm toiling away in Arizona. Yeah, no, I, I mean, and I, I understand because I've, I, we've all been in those situations. This is super relatable where you look around at your job and you go, I, what the fuck are we doing? But we've all been in situations. Same thing with Kyler. Kyler's the player, not the GM, not the head coach. So he can't make the decision, but he is voicing his opinion about we need a better team. And I know I've been in those situations where I look around with at my coworkers and I go, why are you guys hiring these garbage ass people? Like get better people in here. And I'm sure everyone listening has been in that situation. It's just, Cause I've gone about it the way Kyler's going about it now. And I'm self-aware enough to be like, ah, it's probably not the best move. And I guess that's my problem with it is like, there's other ways we can do this, but you're not Kyler Murray, the guy who they just said, all right, fuck this first round pick. We're going to get this first overall pick. Like they literally have, I mean, their service industry. I am Kyler Murray. All right. All right. They hit their wagon to Kyler Murray. (laughs) So you might want to take, what he's saying, or you're going to have an untenable situation like what's going on in Green Bay where everything's just up in the air. What was going on yeah. in Houston? What's going on in Seattle where it's like, if you're not yeah, going to listen to your star player, why go get the star player? Just go get Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not going to have an issue with anything. All right, Brian, Brian Brandon, she's... You put another you name there. Threw me off. That threw me off. No, no, no. Brian. You threw. You put a new I know, name. I know. On I know. I know. So I know. Real fast. Um, I don't know if you saw, but they're saying Raj is going to get a contract extension. We thought this was his final contract, which is going to end in 2024. But we're seeing that he may get it extended for a couple more seasons. Britain, what's your what's your outlook on Raj as G general? Whoa, as commissioner. Commissioner. I almost made him a general manager. What the hell happened there? 
Uh, I'll be quick about this. Um, I don't think Roger Goodell as far as public speaking. I don't think Roger Goodell as far as public relations. I don't think Roger Goodell as far as player safety. I don't think he's a, a commissioner at all, but that's not his job. His job is to make money for the owners. That's his only job. Um, I don't care what they wrap it in. That is his only job. He's hired by the owners to make money for the owners. These are all old billionaires where all they care about is the bottom line. Um, and we've talked about that countless times on walk-offs and quick hits about player safety and suicides and drug addiction and all this kind of stuff that comes with football. The owners don't care. They just want to make money. And Roger Goodell has made them the most money in the history of the NFL. And it makes sense with the new TV deal coming up that they are going to say, hey, this guy's already made us way more money than we've ever made. And now we have new TV rights. Why would we bring in someone new to negotiate the new TV deal in 2025? Let's stick with Roger Goodell since he's done such a great job negotiating it so far. Well, first off, the TV negotiations are already done. They've been done for like a year now. They have contracts with everybody for about the next 10 years. ESPN is going to oh, get more playoff was, games. Um, they're going to be able to flex Monday night When's games. the NBA? The NBA is 2025? Maybe. Potentially. I know someone's coming up. Um, yeah. ABC is going to get a Super Bowl. So that's a couple of things with the TV deal. Um so I want to hit on what you said. So for years, I thought Rod was like one of the worst people. And after the Ray Rice situation, I was with Bill Simmons saying that he probably should have got fired. Um, but somewhere after that, uh, I don't know if it's more of him just seeing the players and the people around the game as human beings, or it's just all, you know, bells and whistles trying to make himself and his legacy look better. But He's changed his tune a lot, and I I don't like Raj, but I respect Raj more in the past couple of years. Um, he's put, you know, incentives in, and uh, he's worked with players like Roger Goodell at the beginning of his career. Josh Gordon would have not gotten any second, third, fourth, any chances. Oh, yeah. Josh Gordon has come back into the league how many times and screwed it up how many times and then let Great. back in how many times again. So it, it, he's shown a level of compassion in recent years. And now um, we're seeing hiring cycles where female candidates are getting hired to active coaching positions, active roles in front offices um, through incentives he's put in place. He's put incentives to try to get black coaches hired. Um, now the owners won't do it because the owners are their own situation and GMs are their own situation at that point. But we're seeing more black GMs hired as well. We're seeing more front office people hired um, from a bigger diaspora. And that's because he structured the league office itself in that way as well, giving more women and men and women of color um, more executive positions to kind of reflect what the game itself looks like. So, and again, it may just be all posturing to look better because his father was a politician and, you know, he's, the commissioner position is a bit of a political position at that, but um, I've a bit. come to <laughs> it's pretty much yeah. I've come to appreciate him more <laughs> now. There's certain things that I'm never going to forgive, but when the players demanded that, uh, when the players put together that video in the middle of the pandemic, demanding certain things for the NFL to uh, uh, admit that they had done that was wrong and receive Raj make that hostage video in his basement or whatever um, saying that Black yeah. Lives Matter and Colin Kaepernick was done wrong and all these other things. Um, the owners, he did that 
I've read several things now that he did that and the owners didn't know he was going to do that. He did that behind the owner's back. I don't think they would have been down for that. So he obviously has a heart and a conscience. And I feel like he's never going to No, nobody loves any commissioner. The only commissioner I was talking to shout out to Brian. I was talking to one of my coworkers the other day that the only commissioner that anybody likes is Adam silver. Um, but I don't think he is one of the and that worst actually I don't mean to interrupt anymore. you, but that could prove to be a problem. The Adam no, Silver thing I might. Know. I'm just saying in the long in the long. I mean, I think Adam Silver is a great commissioner, but we're starting to see certain things where he's kind of doing that whole like, well, what do you guys think? And it's like, well, no, 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 no. you need to make a decision about this. Mm. As far as some certain thing. Anyway, we'll get to that one and we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I can, mm-hmm. I actually, as many times this happens on this podcast, my whole hard fast stance was they talk about player safety and then they added the extra game. They added the playoff team. They don't yeah. give a shit about players. And that's always been my hard line. But I mean, you make a compelling case that it seems like he can no, sense you, the you, end and he you, wants to change his legacy. You make a good point though. When it comes to, the coldness of football he's still cold in that fact like i don't think there should be an extra game i don't think there should be extra playoff team yeah like but as you said like the bottom line is what is important and that's going to increase revenue and there will be an 18th game before it's all said and done and who knows basically are they bringing him back so he could implement that he's won many of uh labor negotiations where the players end up getting less of the pie than the ownership um so he's he's as cutthroat with businessman and ruthless as far as the game aspect but i think as a person and looking at the humanity of uh, people in higher ranking positions off the field necessarily um, he has developed and grown in that aspect he's a complicated person and you All know, right. everybody is so. yeah <clears throat> and speaking of complicated people complicated people Brian um, Brian Flores who currently has a lawsuit going against the NFL has finally been hired as a coach not a head Guess coach where he got hired <laughs> not a head coach but as a linebackers coach, Brendan, tell us where he got hired. He got hired where <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but it's like Mike Tomlin. Of course, Mike Tomlin hired Had him. To. Had to. Um, and the Rudys. Yeah, he's the fucking best defensive coach that's on the market right now. Um, he has to take this a, just a proves significant, Mike significant uh, pay cut and roll cut like linebackers coach. He's not even yeah. a DC. He's a linebackers coach. This is going, this just proves Mike Tomlin's always ahead of the curve. Their defense is going to be already been awesome the last couple of years to carry that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, retirement ceremony, basically the last two seasons. Um, and it's just going to be better. Like this is ridiculous. And what pisses me off is the fact that everyone, like the rich get him. richer, like anyone could have signed him. And of course, Mike Tomlin, who's like, Mike Tomlin is like, I don't give a fuck. Like, we're here to win games. I don't care if he's suing me. Like, we're here to win games. Like, let's go. Um, And everyone else. And and not just Mike Tomlin, the Roonies, because the Roonies are the actual people who are getting sued. The ownership is getting sued. So and for they the still Rudy's brought them to on. be like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. You you want to improve this position that we have all-star talent, Hall of Fame talent potentially, if it pans out in TJ Watt. Yeah, bring him in. 
always ahead of the curve, always. And I hate to say that because the, for some reason, there's this weird Jag Steelers rivalry. Like in 2017, we beat them a couple times and ended up making it to the AFC Championship. And for some reason, we play them like every year, every two years. I don't know why, but um, yeah, I, I it just makes me so angry. I'll say the thing that the quiet. I'll say the quiet part out loud. One brother looking out for another brother. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you kept alluding. You kept making Mike Tomlin this light years ahead guy. Not nah, just looking out for no, him. but Mike is though. I mean, honestly, he's a great. I mean. I Joe, I'm not talking about color here. Mike Tomlin's <laughs> just a great coach. Dude made All the playoffs right. with a quarterback who was broken two years ago. He was eight and eight with Duck Hodges and Matt Mason Rudolph. So, dude, dude's a coach, man. Um, Brennan, plus he NBA, quotes Gladiator, and he doesn't blink. Yeah, that's true. Splash. All right, we gotta move on. Brennan. NBA All-Star took place this weekend. Yeah, um, Joe was at the All-Star game. What's up? Was not at the All-Star wait, game. Wait, wait, it's, wait, very, well, it's very You were in Cleveland for All-Star I weekend. Was in Cleveland for an event through my job that coincided with All-Star weekend. Got yes. to hang out with your good friend Chris Paul. Me and CP dapped him up. I knew that hand was going to be an issue when I saw it in a cast and now he's out potentially six to eight weeks. We'll get to that in a second. Don't know why you didn't tweet that from the Cheers account. That would have gotten some traction. Because I'm never going to... Come on. You can't turn on your friends. No, I know. Can't, can't reveal your sources. <laughs> um, so yeah, NBA All-Star took place. Uh, did you see any of it? No. Do you care for it at all? No. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I feel the same way at this point. Um... What does Mike Wilmot say? I will not watch a second. <laughs> it was funny because um, I think I was in the airport flying back, uh, flying to Atlanta. And one of my coworkers, who, me and him were on the same flight. And he was like, are you going to check out any of this stuff today? I was like, nah, I haven't watched it in real time in like over 10 years. Like at this point, the funny thing is the NBA posts like all the uh, little events, like the skills challenge, three point. They post like a highlight real version of it onto YouTube. So like yep. at like midnight, I was like, all right, let me see what happened. <laughs> and click Everything the I need to see, I can Everything watch on Sports Center see, highlights. Like 10, 10 second chunks. Um Call Anthony yep. Towns won the three point contest. The f- first center to ever win it. The he had the most That's points insane. in a final round with twenty nine. Um that was Wildy. He beat uh Trey Young and uh Luke Kennard. Um skills challenge, they completely overhauled the skills challenge. That is something I'd actually have to see in real time because the clips I saw, I didn't really understand any of it. I kind of needed the rules explained to me. Shit looked What's bananas. going on here? Shit looked bananas. Um, but it was, uh, you had the rookies, which consisted of Scotty Barnes, um, Giddy. I can't remember Giddy's first name right now. Um, and then was it Cade Cunningham? I think it was Cade Cunningham versus the Giannis brothers, all three of them. Um, the Thanasis and Coast the Antetokounmpo brothers. What did I say? Giannis brothers. <laughs> like I said, the Giannis brothers, and then you had the Cavs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Cavs who went out there as a unit. Um, I think it was just those three teams. Um, and they did different skills. It was all different. It was a cool way to include more people in it instead of just having like the head to head, which I kind of like the head to head, but this was cool. And then the Cavs team won with um, Evan Mobley hitting a half court shot. Um, it kind of incorporated 
um, the skills challenge. And they had this event a couple years, like many years back at this point where it would be like, um, it would be a legend, a WNBA player, and then a current player all from the same team. And they'd have to hit a shot from hit a layup, hit a two, hit a mid range, hit a three, and then hit a half court shot. They kind of incorporated that with like the a skills punt challenge. pass kick. Yeah. Some, some to that degree. Um, so that was kind of cool to see. We had a dunk contest, which we kind of got to get rid of the dunk contest. There's no stars are going to be in it because hell yeah, it's just the same dunk and like different variations. It's all deaf. It's all stunt divide. It's all it's all deaf defying and and air defying is the word I was looking for, but um, it 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 just doesn't provide pro- provide that punch that it used to that would get you out your seat anymore and if they're not going to have the bigger name stars in there and some guys I understand are trying to make their name with it but um it, a lot of the times it's, it's just it kind of falls flat and then um yeah it, it just wasn't the same um and then we had the game the game which was pretty cool pretty spectacular there was a halftime event <laughs> where uh the 75 team came out and um they all got announced and introduced and whatnot, and that was pretty cool. But uh, Steph went off for fifty points. Brennan, did you see that? Steph went off for fifty points. No, I saw it was a record sixteen threes, though, right? Sixteen threes, fifty points. The game was in Cleveland. LeBron ends the game with a game-winning shot at about the wing uh, on the right side of the court. Ends the game. Team LeBron beats Team Durant. Um, it got into like the one sixty somethings. I think it was one sixty to one sixty three. Yeah, it was, which is insane. Uh, I still do like the new rule where every quarter is a different game, and then the fourth quarter it's kind of add up, and then first to make twenty four points in honor of Kobe wins it. Um, I still do like that because the fourth quarter has a little more tension to it. But um, overall, you know, All Star Weekend. It's not the greatest. It's not the worst. Um. Dunk contest. I'm neither. I'm neither here nor there for at this point. But uh, I've been talking a while. What 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 were your thoughts? What were some of your takeaways? Uh, I didn't watch. I don't watch the All Star. I watched some of the highlights on. Uh, I watched some of the highlights on Sports Center. I saw the Curry thing, which is impressive. Um, I agree with you. The dunk contest thing. It's one of those situations with the dunk contest where you can. There's only so many variations you can do. So now, once you see everything, it's kind of like all right. Like remember when Vince Carter did like the windmill and then the hand all the way through the rim. And everyone's oh like, gosh. ah, yeah. And now people are jumping over fucking cars. It's like, all right, we're I'm, I'm good, man. <laughs> um, somebody tried to do yeah. a pretty sick dunk and put their hand in the rim, but couldn't get all the way up there. Yeah. Vince Carter, man, Mainland high school. Shouts out Daytona. Shout three, six, out. Bang, bang. Uh, yeah. So I didn't really watch a ton of it. I was more interested. Code? No, I did for the longest time. And then, through my alcoholism and drug addiction, when I landed in Oklahoma City, I had to get a new phone, oh, and I was in Oklahoma I did City. Hear that story, you and your cousin. So I have an Oklahoma there. City number. Yeah, wow, that's upsetting. I have a three eight six. Yeah, I wanted to switch, but I I live in New York City, and I still want to get like switch back to a three eight six, just because I'm always like yeah. three eight six gang gang. Um, I just love my number. It's the best number ever. Honestly, do you want to give I'll it out live on air to everybody? No, 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 no. no. Yeah, but I don't even have your number. We've been doing the show over here. Three eight six. Shouts Very out. Um, yeah, so that's all I saw. I wanted to get more. I wanted to talk to you more about what's happening in the actual NBA. So we've had a okay. week after the trade deadline. 
Um, things going on. You alluded to it earlier. CP3 out six to eight weeks was the, the. Yeah, I believe. I mean, I love CP3. Everyone knows that because of his intensity. I, I believe I had that, though, when we were talking earlier in the season about Golden State versus the Suns. Um, I was like, yeah, yeah but news here. What happened? Goran Dragic, who was bought out of his contract at the trade deadline, who could have went to many different places. Some people were theorized he was going to go back to the Heat. Some people thought he was going to go to Dallas. Where did he go? Some people thought he may have gone to L.A., but he has spurred all those teams and gone to the new Brooklyn Nets. What? Goran Dragic on the Brooklyn Nets. Now they have a point guard to play when Kyrie can't play. Oh, man. I think living here in New York, I think they're going to lift those mandates probably in the next two weeks so Kyrie can start mm. playing. But they, they, people we'll been alluded um, to that. So. CP3 is out, though, six to eight weeks. I wanted to talk about the West only because I had the Warriors uh, all year so far. I've had the Warriors going to the finals, winning the finals. So, Joe, I want to ask you this because you've been on the Suns. You've been driving the Suns bandwagon since your boy got there. And I know I was on it last year, too. What what do you think this does for the Suns? Because CP3 is the heartbeat of that team. Um, so currently the Suns are, I believe, six and a half games above the Warriors right now. Uh, I think even with this injury, I think by the time he gets back, I think the Suns will still be at that top seed. Um, we saw them play at a high level when Aiden was out. We saw them continue to play at a high level when Booker was out. They only have 10 losses on the season still, and we are well past the halfway God, that's point crazy. with 58 games played in a 82-game season. Um, so I think they can still hold Pat uh, for a while, um, and then he'll be ready in time for the playoff run. Now what the, the hope is, you know, he's usually due for one major injury or a cluster of injuries for the yep. duration for the regular season and the postseason. Hopefully this is the one and he'll be clean for the postseason um, to get through that smooth sailing. But uh, I, I think he's going to be, I think they're going to be all right. And I think he's going to come back fine. Yeah. He normally has one big injury every year. Like you just said, and if we're talking, I completely agree with you. If we're talking about this is the big injury and it happens now, fucking bring it on. Let's go. I don't and care. If, like, if I if I was on the Suns, I'd be like, I don't care if we dropped a fucking four. Like, let's and go. it being a thumb injury versus, say, like a hamstring, a knee, something that messes with his uh, kinetic chain and his movement or anything. A thumb, yes, yeah. it's annoying, but I feel like he can get over that qu- quicker mentally than if it was, say, some type of leg injury. Absolutely, especially like in Harden's case, longest hamstring injury in the history of the NBA. You know, apparently he's fine, but he just doesn't want to play. <laughs> I know, right, that's why it was. <laughs> <laughs> Brennan, you're Boston Celtics. You're Boston Celtics. Back in Boston, dudes. Boston, <laughs> they, dudes. Going on a huge run. They've been on a huge bit run, of a heater. Kid. They've been on a bit of a heater, and they've found themselves in the sixth place position after, and I think they were on like a damn near 10, 11 game winning streak. Um, and they finally lost one to the Pistons of all teams, which is shocking. Um, but Brennan, do you think they are a viable team in the East again? Absolutely. So they won 11 out of 13, um, since God, a month and a half ago, they won 11 out of 13. Um, like you said, the only the they lost to the Hawks and the Pistons in that time, two teams that might not even make the playoffs. 
Um, and they went on a 10 game winning streak in between that. Um, beating, I mean, there were some good teams in there, the heat, the nets, the nuggets, uh, the 76ers, uh, the magic, my team go magic. Uh, and I mean, blowing some of those teams still, out on uh, the road, but like, I believe it was like 21 points or something. Yeah. Let, what was the one that they, that was a huge one They yeah. So they beat that the 76ers the one, 135 to 87 at Philadelphia. Oof. That was a massacre. Beat the nets at the brook at in Brooklyn. 126 to 91. So well, the question I is, is that, Harden or Kyrie obviously didn't play that game. It feels in Brooklyn. Yeah. Did Harden play that game? That is the question. No, he did not. It doesn't okay. look like he did. Um, oh, Friday. But, uh, hey, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be on the court, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> we were talking, we've been talking about this for years, uh, at least the last this year. And then last year, um, the Celtics seem soft. Everyone's I was calling them soft all last season. It's like they have a lot of this talent. Uh, Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown should be playing better. They're both all stars in their own right. Like, why is this team like floating around 500 all the time? And I don't know if they figured it out. Uh, Marcus Smart has been playing out of his mind, even though he was in trade talks. I had him in trade talks all last year and this year. And now he's playing defense out of his mind. He's, he's really taking over. Um, as far as the one position, I uh, I think they're a playoff team. I think they might make some noise. I know we've talked about it before, but they made three out of four conference championships, uh, conference finals, and that seemed kind of like a fluke. I don't think they're going to go crazy far just because of the power that's in the East between the 76ers and the Nets and some of those other teams. Milwaukee, but Miami. I think, yeah, I think they're going to make some noise. I think they're at Cleveland. least a second, maybe even a third round team. What do you What do you think? Um, I can see them getting bounced in the first right now. If it was if it was today, they're the sixth seed playing the third seed, which is Philadelphia. Um, and if Harden's there, that's a different Philadelphia team than they faced the other day. Um, and it's a seven game series. Uh, Marcus Smart did get hurt in that uh in that Sixers game. Um, which is gonna try to make things a little cloudy going forward. But um, they they've tuned they've turned on the defense. Uh, and Ime Adoka, you know, is starting to look like an actual coach. At the start of the season, when they were floundering, everybody was like, "Wow, this guy may have not been ready, may have not been the best hire for this team." Um, but apparently, Jason Tatum and Brown have sat down and had some bit of a powwow. And they're distributing the ball to each other and to their teammates. And um, they're not out there looking for theirs every night, night in, night out. If they don't have it, they make the better play. And if they do have it, they go ahead and do what they got to do. Um, so they're coming together as a team. Uh, and this goes back to the East in a funny way, man. They're only four and a half out of the first spot. Um, everything in the East, there's a lot of good teams, but they're all clustered. Um, nobody has like a runaway lead per se. Like, uh, so. They can they can find if they really turn it on, they can find their way up. But I think right now some of the teams ahead of them are just too far ahead town wise and chemistry wise um, to for them to close that gap. So I, I see a first round exit. Uh, if it's a second round exit, that'll be interesting because they knocked out a top team. Yeah. That would be that, that'd be wild if they knock out a top team in the first round. Brennan. Yes. 
The Ice Cats are back, baby. Oh, After God, here we go. what felt like three weeks off, we finally got back on the ice, getting a couple of dubs, three per se. Uh, we beat the Hurricanes in OT after being down in that game. We beat the Wild 6-2, and then we beat the Blackhawks 5-2. That is three back-to-back-to-back. Feeling good, feeling great. Nice to be back out there on the ice. Huberdo and Bobrovsky and Barkov. Merchant had a had a, had a a hat trick in one of those games. Um, the goalies have been playing better since coming back. Maybe they just needed that break to really fully flush things out. Currently one point behind the Avalanche, but we've played one game more than the Avalanche right now. Me and Greg keep going back and forth. Uh, this looks like a repeat of, what was it, 98, I believe, 96, 98? I was a kid. Anyways, um, but... I don't want the top record, so you could get that Avs because whoever wins the President's Trophy usually doesn't win the Stanley Cup. So I just want to be good. Almost I just never. Be better than the Lightning, but I don't want to be the best team in the league. Speaking All right, that brings that brings me to my Lightning, which you are better than right now. You have got a five point lead on us in the Atlantic Division standings. Um, so the Lightning have won five out of seven. Uh, won the last two out of three, last three out of four, however you want to put it, uh, playing well. I wanted to talk about this Devils game. Uh, so it was tied 3-3 in the third period. And then Victor Hedman, Nikita Kucherov, and Perry Eduardo Belamere scored three goals in three minutes. And that just brings wow. me to something I say all the time. Mighty Ducks 3, how long does it take to score a goal? Less than a second. Uh, come back to win that game 6-3. So Lightning playing well, obviously, with this this run of, you know, two, one, two in a row. One, like I said, three out of the last four. We are coming for you, you motherfucking ice cats. And we surprised how quick. And- quick! Name hits. Quick hit. All right, quick. getting on to the quick hits. Uh, it's been all over the internet. It's been making hay, making way, and people are at odds. Um, Brendan, do you know what a head slap is? I'm very aware of what a head slap is. <laughs> Made famous by Deacon Jones. Uh, Juwan Howard went Deacon Jones on the uh, in the handshake line against Wisconsin. Um, Michigan it was an assistant Wisconsin. coach, right? It was an assistant coach. It wasn't their head coach. After so, what, what, what are your thoughts on this? How did how did this? Make so do you want me to do this like lighthearted, or do you want me to get serious? Yeah, go ahead, get as serious as you want. I got, I, I'm, I'm serious about it. Um. So when I first saw it, I thought this is why you don't. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <Brandon>? <laughs> no. Um. I completely understand Juwan Howard's. Anger. Now there's a back and forth where everyone's like, well, that's Wisconsin called a timeout when the game was over, and that really made Juwan Howard angry. Well, Juwan Howard was playing, had his team in a full court defense press when you're down by 30 in the fourth quarter. So that's maybe why they called the timeout. Maybe it was a little tit for tat. A couple of things. I will get a little serious. Uh, this I know exactly what's going to happen. This is going to turn into a conversation of uh, do you this is why former players and you know where they're going to go with that don't make great coaches, but I don't think we have that problem in basketball nearly as much as we do in football. 
Uh, I hope it doesn't turn to that team like a year or two ago, but okay. Yeah. Juwan Howard's a great fucking coach. He was a great player. He gets fiery. That shows passion for the game. You can't hit another coach. Everybody knows that he's probably going to make a statement saying he's going to come out, you know, hope make a statement and say he, that was wrong. Michigan's probably going to fire him uh, for this. I hope that I wish they wouldn't, but their hands are tied from a optics perspective, from a political perspective. You know what I mean? Like just playing politics and playing the optics. You can't, have someone who's a quote unquote leader of men who's molding young minds condone violence. And by throwing the the hand slap, you're condoning violence. It's stupid. Doesn't make any sense to me, but I studied politics. This is how they're going to spin it. This is what's going to happen. In my opinion. Uh, I don't think he'll be fired. I think he'll be suspended probably for the duration of the big 10 uh, tournament. And then once the actual tournament starts, he'll be back out there. He'll be contrite. He'll give all the apologies that he need be. Um, yeah, what he did was wrong, obviously. People are, but my God, I, I think me and you are probably built a little differently. Um, and I don't mean just because we grew up in Florida, but we were in our fair share of fights. And yeah. people are just <laughs> like, me, this oh, is my nothing. God, he is a horrible man. He's the worst yeah. human being in the world. It's like, Doug, have you never punched somebody? Have you never been in yeah. any type of physical altercation? Like, And this is what makes me so mad is there's so many people who haven't that they'll talk to people a certain way. And it's like, you've obviously never been punched in the jaw because you're talking to me. And, and I see it all the time in the service industry where people start talking to you. And it's like, dude, I can go get another job I tomorrow. You think, yeah. You think you can talk to me like this? Like I'll fucking lay you out. And that's, I don't know. Like you said, I don't know if it's a Florida thing, a South Florida thing, but it's like, it's like, I don't think it's a big deal at all. He slapped him and he didn't people, even get him good. People are clutching their pearls. It's like, it's also like they never saw 90s basketball and just what that was. Oh, yeah. Like the the intensity of, uh, of just how people react and demonstrate some of that. Yes, it's never right, but it's not the end of the fucking world. Hey, I'm going to stop you right there. You say it's, it's sometimes it's right. Sometimes violence, it's right. Sometimes violence it's right. is the supreme authority under which all other authority <laughs> is derived. But yeah, but yeah, I, I don't, I wasn't, I wasn't rocked to my core and thought that, yeah, oh my God. Did you see can't. some of this shit on Twitter? This some is appalling. Stuff, some this is appalling. Our, some of this stuff in our own Discord, Brennan. Um, oh, I don't even, I, I didn't even I was just it. like, okay, uh, I know you just told me a lot about yourself. Um, yeah, it's not right. Everyone can say that, but my thing is, it's not the end of the fucking world. It's not the end of the world. And for what it's worth, don't ever grab a grown man like that. <laughs> yeah, don't. Because that's how they were gonna walk by each other. It was gonna be fine, and the other coach grabbed him to try to explain what happened. And then Howard immediately said, "Don't touch me like that." <laughs> uh, I want to point this out. Uh, if you won't, I will. Uh, older, middle-aged white man from Wisconsin grabbed an inner city kid who grew up in a pretty rough area of Chicago. That's not going to end well. Yeah. 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 Uh, don't put the no, one thing they taught us. Keep your hands to yourself. Yeah. Just saying. If you don't want those to problems. Say in Florida, don't, don't put your hands on me. <laughs> if you don't want those problems, don't invite those problems. All right. Next quick hit, Brennan. This is probably around the right time because I think they have just ended. But were you watching any of the Olympics? We didn't talk about it whatsoever. I watched some of it. Um, love, uh, 
Love the snowboarding. I actually kind of do like how some of the X game stuff is now in the Olympics. I think that's kind of cool. Uh, Watched a lot of curling because that just happened to be on while I would be opening up the restaurant. And so then mm. we have the TV, the TV and the bar on and we'd get captivated by the curling. Um, I did like, uh, God, I'm spacing her name right now, but the the snowboarder, the female snowboarder. Oh, no, no, no. no the fem- yeah, dude, she was she was sick. The last Winter Olympics at like 14 mm. or 15 and yeah, she was like sick again this year. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's it's really cool to watch. It gives me some sort of like. uh this weird like patriotism, even though, you know, I would, you know, I'm not anti-America, but it's just weird because when you're watching it, we're going against other countries where you're like, yeah, fuck Sweden. Like, let's <laughs> fucking go. I didn't watch a ton of it, though. Um, I didn't see the figure skating. Apparently, we have the best male figure skater of all time. I didn't see that. But uh, yeah, what did you take? Cleaned up. Um, uh, I've never been a big uh, Winter Olympics person. I often refer to them. As the Caucasian Olympics, I was um, just about to say between the snow and the people uh, and the countries that usually dominate, um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Obviously, I didn't enjoy because I didn't watch any of it. But none of the clips really moved me. There's just something that I, I think this also has to do with like the Winter Olympics is the Olympics of access and it's hard for me to connect to things I'd never had access to. Like I've never fucking gone snowboarding, skiing, skating to that degree. Like it's kind of weird. So in that same way, like there's been a constant debate about, you know, baseball in the inner cities and soccer and, you know, the pipeline and all that. It's like, well, if we're never given the opportunity and they keep trying to price us out, like I have zero attachment to it, but uh, shout out to Aaron Jackson, who was the first female black african-american uh to win i believe it was speed skating um speed skating yeah first time ever but uh overall did you think these were a success and i have a theory i was listening to uh tony kornheiser talk to someone last week and uh, they had a pretty good theory on why they don't think it's a success but i want to hear your thoughts i don't think it was a success only because there was nothing and I know there's a tragedy. I know PTI talked about this, but tragedy obviously trumps triumph when it comes to stories like that move people. Um, and I agree with that. Like some of the hardest things that happened was uh Schifrin and that whole situation. Yeah. And then there was another, like a, another skier that like kept getting bounced. Uh, and those stories are very moving obviously, but uh, there was nothing there was nothing like to headline this in a way. I think it was because this is what I'm saying from a layman, from an outsider, which is me. I'm not a huge Olympics person, but there's always something where I'm like, oh shit, I got to catch this. The last one in Olympics, it was Kim. She was like four, she's 16. And I was like, oh, she's being grown ass people. And that's why yeah. I wanted to watch. Um, Everyone remembers, you know, obviously Michael Phelps and that run with the Olympics where it's like they're just going to dominate. There's always something that kind of draws me in. And this year there wasn't. Like I said, I only watched it really when I was getting ready at when we were opening up the restaurant at work because it was on. But I wasn't too drawn to it. So in that case, because I think I represent a big group of people as the layman when it comes to especially the Winter Olympics, I think that I'm speaking for a bigger group when I say, yeah, I just wasn't that interested. So one, the Winter Olympics usually does worse than the uh, Summer Olympics because, like I said, it's kind of like a more exclusive pool. You know, it's not really open to everybody. Um, but second of all, 
so the ratings, there was like a 50% dip in the ratings between this Winter Olympics and the last Winter Olympics. And the person who Corn has a hat on said, um, I can't remember, was it Barry Shaluga? I think it was Barry Shaluga uh, of the Washington Post. And he said, one of the things may be Olympics fatigue. We just had an Olympics last year. Um, the Tokyo 2020 oh, yeah. Olympics were actually in 2021. So just them being so close together may have caused it. Another thing is the last three Olympics we had have all been in the Asian time zone. We had Pyeongchang in 2018. We had Tokyo last year, and then we just had Beijing. So the time shift being so drastically different when all these events are quote unquote in real time are mostly when the American audience is sleeping. So that kind of creates yeah. a distance. Bring it back. Bring that. it back to America. Get us not the fuck America. out of Asia. That's I, that's what Joe is saying. That that's is what Joe's saying. That's not what I said at all. You are <laughs> misrepresenting. No more Asia. Um, Brennan, that's not what is happening. <laughs> um, and then another thing that I think is, um, I forgot I was going to say, because you completely derailed me just there. I'm sorry. Off track. The Asia, the time zone in the other hemisphere. We were talking about. We were talking about Olympic fatigue. What was the third one? Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Everything is happening while we're sleeping. I lost. We it. just had I an lost Olympics. It. I lost it. Sorry, I'm sorry. That's it. all my fault. Me. I apologize. Um, yeah. do you want to get to? We're already at an hour. Do you want to do the next one, or do you want to save that? Because it's not. There's no real movement on that. Um. I could just do a quick little thing to wrap it up. So, um, yeah, go ahead. The deadline, the deadline to start the MLB season has come and gone. Uh, spring training is not going to happen on time. Pitchers and catchers are not going to report because there's still not a deal. Brennan, do you think now when I, when this first, you know, got rolling, when the season at first ended, I asked you, do you think the season would start on time? And I believe your answer was yes. You thought it would start on time. Do you think the season will start on time? I still uh, believe that the actual season, the actual yeah. baseball regular season will start on time. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> this always happens. Posturing, you know, oh, pitchers and catchers didn't report. Oh, spring training's not happening. When the rubber meets the road is when real money is on the line when the regular season starts. And I think that's going to be everyone's push to get it going. And that's I'm not a huge baseball fan. I don't follow a lot of baseball. We've talked about it with you and with Tyler White, friend of the it show. Um Especially when uh, some so yeah, so I don't I don't have a ton to say. My instinct is to say when money's on the line, real money's on the line, they'll they'll get it done. Okay. All right, let's do the walkoffs. This is the walk-offs where me and Brennan will rant, rave, or read something we wrote or read something someone else wrote. Um, I did that one time and I got hell for it. Jesus. Um, you will continue to get hell for portion. it. <laughs> I, I did it. It was actually well written. It was a really good piece. Uh, shout out to Sarah Spain. Um, this is the part where we will shut I'm up just going to play another other podcast. You know, I've been wanting to clip Bomani Jones like four weeks in a row, but I'm like, <laughs> nah, I'm not going to do it. You read an article and got shit for it. You want to clip another <laughs> podcast? God. Hey, man. I, you He's know so me eloquent. on social media. I would send that to, I would, I would send that to everybody. He's eloquent, man. <laughs> 
All right, Ray, Romani, you, we straight stole can, your shit. <laughs> you get well. I mean, we'd give them. We'd we'd give uh, the sourcing properly. Come on now. Yeah, and we the don't thief. get paid, so technically we couldn't get in trouble. Exactly, it's educational purposes. All right, Brennan, go ahead. You got it. All right, I'm going first. So, Joe, shut up. Uh, mine, I didn't actually write down. It was kind of a free flowing thought, so I just wrote down kind of tidbits. Mine's about uh, quote unquote player empowerment, and the reason I put it in air quotes was. There's uh, a lot of talk now, especially in the NBA, um, not so much in the NFL, about the fact that uh, players have a lot more leverage. Um, players are signing deals with four years left and then demanding trades. And everyone was like, oh, player empowerment. The players now have leverage. They can move about freely and stuff. My whole question of was basically, is this good or bad? For the NBA as a whole. And I don't mean from the perspective of like, oh, I want the owners to make more money. I mean, it from the perspective of a fan uh, in 2022, a lot of people now, especially the younger generation, root for players. They don't root for teams. Uh, is that a good thing? I don't know if it's a bad thing. Uh, case in point, LeBron James will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's obviously safe to say he probably goes in as a Cavalier, but what does he really go in as? He's played for the Lakers. He's played for the Heat. He's played for the Cavs twice. His best years statistically were with the Miami Heat and the most championships he won was with the Miami Heat, but he's from Ohio. So it begs the question, what does he go in as? Or are we going to start doing this thing where players just go in as players? They don't go in under a certain banner of a team. Uh, when it comes to retiring jerseys, how is that going to play out depending on your contribution to the team? Uh, basically, it's a long-winded way of saying there's no more loyalty to teams, and I don't think there should be. Teams would trade you in a heartbeat. Marcus Smart has been on the trade block for three years. So I understand the fact that there's no more loyalty to the team from a player's perspective. But where there is loyalty to a team is from a fan's perspective, which makes the player empowerment era very interesting, to say the least, when it comes to fans. I'm obviously, I, I kind of tentatively root for the Boston Celtics because I like to do the fucking accent dude and I listen to a lot of Ryan Rosillo and Bill Simmons so they talk about the Celtics quite a bit so that's where I get my information from uh, if Jason Tatum were to play for a different team in a trade or demand a trade or if they just moved on from him that would rock Celtic Nation I know to its core because he is a top pick he is the future of that franchise and it's just interesting that this team that was predicated on Larry Bird and uh, like those Kevin teams McHale, in the Sam Jones, 80s. Bill Russell. Yeah, Kevin McHale. Yeah, but all those Robert players Perry. that were just there forever. Don't forget about uh, Danny uh, Ainge. Um, How it's could we? crazy. <laughs> but it's just interesting to me that now there's this such fluid movement in the NBA. And I know the NFL is trying to get there. We've heard people talk about it and I completely agree that it's good because the players have been used as pawns forever. And now they finally have some leverage. I just think from a fan's perspective, it can be a little disheartening that you root for this person. You're, you have a, a relationship with them as a true fan. And then they're just like, nah, fuck this. I'm out. That can be devastating. It's almost like a breakup. And so I think player empowerment is great for players. I think it's great for the league. It keeps things that spicy. I just think it's bad for fans. And that's just my opinion. Um, pretty good. One issue I have, um, the notion of players going to the hall of fame with X, Y, Z team that only stands in baseball. 
I like how people have extrapolated it to every game. It's only baseball. I thought every sport. I thought every sport NFL, you get inducted you get as a NFL. You get a bus. Yeah, but it's there's no team iconography there. How? Well, I fucked NBA, that up. NBA, you get a jacket. <laughs> you get a you get a jacket and a, it's plaque, a red jacket, right? Uh, you red, red. I think it is red. Yes. Yeah, it's um, red. I remember Michael Jordan. MLB. Speech. See, the thing with MLB is you go in with a plaque, and the plaque has a hat, and the hat has the team. That is why you go in uh, under a team. Yeah, it, it's instead I of a thought every Hall bus, of Fame you win in, it's a under plaque a that team. depicts you. No. Yeah. 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 Oh well, I learned something. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. All right, my walk off will be. Similarly unstructured, uh, and it's just a rant on Fulham's season because I haven't gotten to detail you folks on anything Fulham this year because we had a big, big, plentiful football season and a wild and wacky NBA football. season. So uh, on to the ELC, the English League Champions. Um, Fulham, Brennan, as you would like to know, because shout out to Tony and uh, Shad, are number one in the number two division. Um, after 31 games, we have 19 wins, seven draws, only five losses. We have one of the biggest goal differentials at 51. Um, that means we've put up, we've put up 79 goals and only have allowed 28. We're definitely going to get past the, uh, hundred mark, which is a bit of a, would it be the first, I think it'll be first time in club history. We've gotten a hundred goals. Um, we've, we're six points clear of the team. Under us right now, uh, our leaders are none other than Mitrovic um, with 30 goals. Wait a second. Where are the stats? There we go. Sorry. Uh, Mitro has 30 goals, 31 goals. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Mitro has 31 goals here. Wilson, who we brought in, has 10 dimes. Um, the team has been clicking on all cylinders. I think we're definitely going to go up. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I think for the first time, there's actual confidence that we'll get up and we'll stay up. A couple of games ago, we played uh, Man City for the FA Cup, and we scored first on them before they put on an onslaught. And then it was 2-1 in the first half, and then the second half, they kind of blew it up. But even Pep Guardiola said after the game that, you know, that's not the same team that we saw a year ago when they were up here before. Um they got a lot more fight and Marco Silva has done a real good job, you know, flexing in a lot of the guys. Uh, there's certain young players that, you know, we're hoping to keep one of them in uh, Fabio Cabralio um, and Rodak. Hopefully he gets an actual shot to be the goalkeeper once we move up. But, you know, they've built the team well. They've built the team uh They've had more consistency in, than in years past where they have uh, gone about the transfer and tried to bring in as many people as they can and kind of like replace who got us there. Um, I think with Marco and the, the staff that he's brought in, they're going to stay true to those that got him there because, you know, in, in recent years, that's, that has been the success. That's how teams have been successful when going from the twos to the ones um keeping that core group together and not trying to uh get too fancy and spend too much money um as we failed to do twice now um so i'm really excited for 
to be automatically promoted. No championship this year. No no playoff this time around. That would be great um, and help me deal with some of the anxiety of this team. Um, but we seem to be clicking on all cylinders, man. And everything looks good, and I'm really confident in what this team can do uh, getting back to the next level. Boom, baby. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. Brendan, where can we find you and your very popular podcast? Uh, you can find me, Brennan T. Comedy, on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. Check out my other podcast, Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy, and just search ex-drinking buddy. I uh, just had Josh Adam Myers on at the goddamn Comedy Jam, Jam and the 500 podcast. Uh, very, very awesome comedian, great guy, good friend. King of Fleece. Uh, from the Crab Feast days. Brennan, uh, he Brennan, came you're never going to believe this. You're never going to believe this. What? Josh Adam Myers, get your ass get out your here. Get your ass out here. Um, yeah, just had him on. Uh, so just uh, look for it. X-Drinking Buddy on all uh, streaming platforms. And I got some shows coming up in Florida. If you're going to be in Florida, hey. I'll be in Florida March 14th through the 17th. Uh, Rain Dogs, Tiernanog in Daytona, all sorts of shit. Check out the website. What's going on? This is your boy Headphone Joe. This is you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorval. You can check out my website, JoeDorval.com. There you can find my music under the moniker Headphone Joe No Ono E in the phone. And also the merch. Uh don't forget to check out this show's Twitter and Instagram where you'll see the art and me and Brand uh commenting on what's going on around in sports at Curing Press. Don't forget to follow that uh at Curing Press. And don't forget to head over to a new low.co to check out some of the other shows. Uh, you can check out the backlog, which some people are doing of uh, who does a podcast. We are currently on our second hiatus after our second season. Um, and you can check out a new low, the big, the big, uh, or the tent pole and flagship then, show uh, flagship. Thank you. And then, uh, if you need some smart and silly, I think that's the best way to describe that show. Smart and silly. Um, misbehavior journal club. That was almost forgot for a second there. All right. Uh, Brennan, get me out of here so I can go have some lunch. All right. And that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Come on, you whites. Huge shout out. DeAndre Pembry, Milwaukee Bucks, played for the Nets, came into the restaurant. Huge tipper. Big tipper. Big tipper. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Krevit. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network, and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again, and goodbye.